Welcome to Checkmates Go, Season 2, Episode 5. In response to the circumstances dictated by COVID-19, many organizations have had to allow their employees to work from home practically overnight. Many organizations had never provided remote access at the scale they're now being asked to do it at. For some organizations who had not been providing remote access to the vast majority of their employees, this may mean being exposed to new threats that they were not being exposed to previously. Checkpoint customers have reached out to get help understanding these threats and ensuring that they are doing what they can to protect their organizations from these threats. Ashwin Ram, one of our cybersecurity evangelists in Australia, put together a presentation based on questions he was getting from Checkpoint colleagues and Checkpoint customers about the threats related to COVID-19 and the response that we've had. There'll be a link to his Checkmates Tech Talk in the show notes. I started off my conversation with Ashwin by asking him, well, what were the concerns that customers and colleagues were coming to him with? Well, the customers were quite quite concerned about about some of the threats that they were seeing. We had heard from incident response as well that there was an uptake in some of these threats. Um, we've had we had I had uh, my sales team come up to me. Um, obviously, they recognised that this was a threat, the pandemic itself, and and this would be an opportunity for potentially. Um, threat actors to, to take advantage of. And uh, so there were a number of folks that were quite keen to understand what are the security controls that they should be looking at. We also had some of our partners that were quite uh, interested in finding out what were some of the trends and what were some of the low-hanging fruits for these guys. Um, so that, that's where it really came from. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of opportunities even just talking with the, you know, with the incident response team. It's a lot of the same vulnerabilities are now being leveraged more and more, uh, especially things with remote access. But what did you find when you did your research? So from a from a incident response side side, what we found is that uh, there was definitely a lot of organizations that are struck that are really um, they sort of now. Um, speeding or zooming through to digital transformation just to make services available for employees uh, working remotely. And so what we're seeing is a lot of mistakes being made. We're seeing um, you know, simple mistakes like RDP, for example, being open to the internet. We're seeing services like SMB protocol being open and exposed to the internet. We're seeing, um, we're seeing Outlook Web Access. Uh, Outlook Web Access is, uh, is being used, leveraged, um, um, quite a lot now, and uh, the concern here is that many many versions have a lot of vulnerabilities, has a lot of security holes, and so businesses are not necessarily putting the right security controls around um, uh, Outlook Web Access. You know, there's no no uh, next generation security controls. There's no multi factor authentication. None of those things really are being leveraged by our by many of the organizations. And so they then find themselves in a position where they're having to call a checkpoint incident response because uh, because they've uh, they've been compromised. And sometimes it's people are running like really old versions of Outlook Web Access or, you know, they're running older versions of Exchange uh, as opposed to just, uh, you know, running the latest version and keeping it patched, which uh, is, uh, you know, that, that there's some work to do that, but it's uh, but a lot of organizations uh, may not be doing that. We, we all know that uh, patching is not something uh, that, uh, or virtual patching even, is not something that many organizations uh, do frequently. Uh, we know this because because we've had many incidents where customers have had um, patches available. They've had security controls available to them. They just haven't leveraged it in a right way, in, in a correct manner. 
a lot of low hanging fruit to me just seems to be well implementing some of that stuff. Um, but what are the things that, what are some of the customers implementing first of the, you know, of the things that we you talked about so far, what are, what are customers really implementing? As Gil Schwartz mentioned in, in, in a number of his talks that most organizations are still at generation two, generation three of the, um, uh, you know, they've implemented that sort of um, uh, security controls. Uh, and, and as you and I know, we're now sitting in sixth generation attacks, right? So, a lot of customers are still just enabling uh, IPS and, and uh, access control IPS and thinking that that's going to be enough to protect them. Some of them tend to be a little bit more um, adventurous and they may enable application control and antivirus. But mostly zero-day attacks that, that we're seeing, businesses just haven't gotten around to enabling these security controls. And even just putting something in front of it, I mean, exposing OWA to the internet, exposing RDP to the internet, it's probably not a good idea, right? I mean, you can enable those technologies in a secure way um, without uh, exposing them directly to the internet. And I won't say that all of the security issues go away, but the the, the landscape changes quite a bit when you do that. Correct. Yes, it, it is possible. But the I think what we're finding is that there's definitely a lack of skill sets within the customer organization. And in some cases, um, uh, the, the contractors that they're hiring as well, that, that lack of skill set is then translated into the services being exposed, right? They simply don't know. And I think also, too, right, it, sometimes for expediency, right? I mean, you know, I think every organization has to go through this uh, this challenge now of of enabling people to work from home when they weren't necessarily set up to do that before. And maybe they had some limited number of people working from home, but now they went from maybe, you know, tens or hundreds of people to, you know, thousands or, you know, or tens of thousands of people. And the resources that they might need access to might be very different depending upon the type of user it is and so on. And, you know, I, I suspect, and you can tell me what you've what you've what you found out is that um, a lot of organizations just kind of went with well we need to get this operating as soon as possible and uh, you know maybe not thinking through all the security implications of it and just kind of you know hoping and praying that uh, nothing bad happens when they do that correct most organizations have basically approached this uh, as a lights on situation we've just got to make sure it works security is always going to be an afterthought right you're correct right most businesses have gone from maybe five percent of their workforce uh, working remotely to now having more than uh, more than uh, you know 90 percent more than 90 percent of the workforce working remotely so so the demand is huge and and in many cases these guys are rushing towards making services available making remote access solutions available and uh, in some cases they're just not uh, thinking about security Security is always an afterthought. I mean, what can we? So, as a, as a you know, obviously, work for a vendor. So, we're, the, 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 there's things we can do as a vendor. But I think you know, just in general, what kind of advice can we give people? I mean, you, and you say you know, implement multi-factor authentication. Don't put these things on the internet. Um, you know, yeah, definitely. All these things, you know, all these things are important. Um, and then you know, think about the endpoints too, right? I mean, that's because I think that that's a you know what I'm seeing when I when I talk to uh, customers on the uh, you know on the community is. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, how can I make sure that VPN users are only uh, people that are using uh, our protected endpoints? Well, there, there's ways to do that, of course. But um, you also have to, yeah, you, you now have to think about the endpoint uh, because, the, because the minute you allow something to connect into an environment that you don't have any control over, um, you're now putting your, your organization at risk. And, and you know, not everybody's going to have an infected PC, of course, but it, well, it only takes one, right? Absolutely. Look, the first thing I suppose we should mention is that there is absolutely no single silver bullet here. There's not one single point product that that that'll 
that'll uh, address all of these challenges. So, so from a security standpoint, you've got to have multi-layer advanced security controls. You've got to um, leverage. Uh, you've got to leverage security solutions that will allow you to address known attacks as well as unknown attacks. You've got to have security at your network, at your perimeter, as well as on your endpoints, on your mobile phone. So there's different types of security controls that you've got to leverage. And some of the ones that uh, that, that I highly recommend are, um, well, you know, simple things like antivirus. Right. You've got to enable antivirus. You've got to make sure that all the known stuff, all the low-hanging um, um, uh, um, threats that, that we can very, very easily pick off and, and negate, those ones are um, dealt with very, very easily. So antivirus is, is an absolute must. URL filtering. Another one that's super important, right? We want to be able to have our customers um, prevent their users from going to sites that have been categorized as, as risky or, or dangerous. Uh, we want to make sure that we're, enab- uh, we're using security controls like sandboxing. Right? That's super important because this security control allows us to then then address those unknown threats, the threats that attackers are coming up with right now. They're sitting there right now leveraging this, uh, this atmosphere that, uh, that has been created because of the pandemic, this, this, this panic. And so attackers are coming up with phishing campaigns where with, with new documents, with, with malicious components embedded inside documents. And those threats can only be negated using security controls such as a sandbox. At Checkpoint, we refer to our sandbox solution as a, as a, as a sandblast. So, so leverage those security controls. The other one that's really important is CDR, Content Disarm and Reconstruction. Really, really important. This is our ability to be able to extract any active content. If you speak to our incident response team, you'll hear there are tons of customers getting malicious emails with documents, Word documents, with VB scripts embedded in there. Hey, let's let's pull that VB script out because we don't know if that's malicious or not, right? And whilst we've pulled that out in parallel, we can emulate or we can sandbox and really come up with a verdict of whether that file was malicious or not. And so when you put all these security controls um, together, that's when you start to start to really have a, a solution that can address today's threat. You mentioned also that uh, users are now working from home. So again, you've got to have the right security control on the endpoints. You've got to have EDR capabilities. This is basically endpoint detect and remediate, those sorts of solutions. To, to even go take a further step back is that, and, and I think a lot of, you know, and, and you've probably seen this with talking to customers too, is that uh, a lot of organizations, and, and I'd say there's fewer of them now, but they still exist, is where the, the internal network is very flat and that once you're on the network, you can go anywhere you want. And so you start talking about the concept of least privilege, the you know, the the you know segmentation, which you know, we consider as somewhat basics. And those are you know the, you know those are like you could you could accomplish those with a basic firewall, even the you know the, even like access controls and stuff on routers if you had to. But there there are that having that you know who can access what from where um, is is a huge thing, right? Because if you can't access it, then you can't do the advanced stuff. So, um, but all of these things play together and, you know, 
and I know if you talk about, um, you know, the things that we have in the Checkpoint Infinity portfolio, it's it's all about putting those control, the right controls in the right places where they can do the the most good and, and prevent the most threats. And, and not every control is going to work in every place, of course. And that's that's why we have you know, that's why we offer it in lots of different places. And uh, not that we're you know not that we're promoting all of our stuff here, but I think the idea is that you need to have some sort of protection for these threats because they're there. And there's and you know and yeah and if you also but you do have to have some of those basics in place and you'd be surprised how many organizations still don't have just like you know proper like segmentation in place to be able to say okay this is when this user comes in this is what they can access um, and and no more than that because the it, the the you know the the way you can at least from my perspective the the way you can protect yourself the most is reduce your attack surface and a lot of t- I think a lot of organizations don't quite know what their attack surface is. I absolutely 100% agree with you. Network segmentation and micro-segmentation are key. These security controls that I've just spoken about are no good if you don't have the right architecture, if you haven't designed your network with resilience in mind, if you haven't designed your network to have appropriate security controls between different parts of your network, between different segments. Because the idea is that in the event that you do suffer an attack, what you want is your business to still continue to function. And you can only do that if you can contain a breach in a certain part of your network, or if you can at least remediate that that attack in a certain part of the network. If you have a flat network, and one single machine on your network is compromised, it's pretty much game over for you because attackers will be able to move laterally in your organization at a click of a finger. So so having that architecture is absolutely critical. And a lot of organizations have moved to the cloud or using SaaS or some combination of those things. So, um, you know, what's unique to that as as everybody's moving to work from home and everything. What, what, what new threats are coming in, in, in that space? You know, if you're using SaaS applications, if you're using um, many organizations have gone down the path of, uh, of uh, cloud first, many organizations are now also leveraging SaaS applications such as Office 365 or Google's G Suite just for, from an email um, infrastructure point of view. You've got to, again, have these security controls in place. Having native controls that your cloud providers provide is important. But you've got to complement those with advanced security controls. And the the engines that I spoke about, such as the zero-day protection, you've got to leverage those within your cloud ecosystems as well. We're seeing a plethora of emails right now attacking. Um, uh, all the phishing emails are coming through. Um, and uh, and these emails, these, these, these sophisticated phishing attacks need to be addressed. And you can only address them with advanced security controls. And so Checkpoint, again, not meaning to promote Checkpoint here, but Checkpoint's got a fantastic solution around our CloudGuard SaaS offering where we can negate a lot of these threats working with the security controls within the SaaS provider. Yeah, and and that's and that's the thing, right? You can't so with any of those kinds of uh, controls, uh, you know, third party controls in a you know in a SaaS or a, or you know or some sort of cloud platform, there has it has to be in cooperation with the controls that already exist because you can't just apply any old controls to things and, and you know and, and you know and have it work. There's there ha- there's a partnership there, and I know you know like we partner with Office three sixty five and Google and, and these and, and these other companies to be able to provide uh, these kinds of services and and you. 
you know, you have to leverage the, the native controls that exist as well. And if you don't do that, um, you know, but, but it's a, it's a combination because they're, you know, they're trying to get the real basic stuff. And then, you know, for the, for the, um, you know, the advanced never before seen stuff, you, you need to have somebody that's, that's spending a lot of time and energy looking for that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, that, that's why these tools exist and, and you should leverage them for sure. Because I think it's, I think it's important to, to, to leverage, you know, whatever gives you the, uh, whatever gives you the best protection and gives you the best visibility. And so you know that you're, um, that you're doing your job and, you know, the, the, the people that are managing the systems can sleep at night. True. There's, there's two things I'll mention here as well. So if you speak to our incident response um, team, the, the biggest challenge that they see with SaaS applications is um, account takeover. Right. So, so you've got to have customers need to have security controls which addresses this. Account takeover is absolutely critical. That's what uh, um, that's what's keeping probably ninety five percent of the of the cases that its response deal with is is around account takeover. So absolutely critical that you address those. And and again, Checkpoint's got a fantastic solution around that where we can actually not just um, validate that the user is, but also validate that the authentication request is actually coming from the user's device. It's coming from a trusted device. Again, really goes back down to the whole zero trust concept here. Yeah, and I know from my own conversations with the incident response folks that yeah, that it's uh, you know that that a lot of the you know a lot of the issues that come with uh, Office three sixty five uh, are yeah account takeovers and 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 phishing links is the kind of the two things that that come in and and yeah, and it's I think uh, you need there are there are some better controls that that you that you can't just rely on uh, the, the 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 native controls to handle everything for you. I think there's 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 got to be more there. Absolutely. And it's been also proven that you're just using two-factor authentication based on an SMS token is is not necessarily going to be 100% secure, right? That can also be bypassed. We've seen that with Reddit just a couple of years ago. I don't know if this is a problem in, in Australia, but it, it is in the United States anyway. That it, it's a... Uh uh, almost trivial to take over somebody's cell phone number with uh, in uh, and so if you if you rely purely on SMS, I mean it's better than nothing. But if you rely purely on SMS, if somebody is able to take over your phone number and put it in a different phone, then then you know then you're stuffed, right? You you have to address that as a uh, you know so that that so I think there's there's other forms of you know multi-factor authentication that you use, and not to say that SMS is is, is a complete fail, but um, there are uh, that it, it's it's perhaps the not the best uh, you know because it can be taken over and so uh you know again you gotta, i guess you gotta be careful about uh, putting your uh, putting your mobile phone number out there absolutely look um sim swapping has been a problem in australia as well i think it's been a problem all around the world to be honest with you um uh, so yes you can't cannot just rely on that one single security control here you've got to look for alternatives and again having the capability to validate that the actual authentication is coming from that trusted device that belongs to that specific user is absolutely a step in the right direction to mitigate that specific threat. I always say that if you're being if you're specifically being targeted, then yeah, then all bets are off because there's there's always a way. I think, but um, y- again, if you try to if you reduce your attack surface by by you know making it harder, then most likely you're not going to get uh, caught up in random stuff that happens on the internet all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Checkmates Go. You can subscribe in your favorite podcast app. You can also send us feedback via email at checkmates at checkpoint.com. Thanks for listening.